Christmas is peace and goodwill. My first verse is from Luke chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. It says this, and we've heard it before, no doubt. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now, who's ever read that on a Christmas card? Not many. thought there'd be more than that. You've seen it on Christmas cards. You've heard it on TV. You've seen it in Christmas carols. You've, it's probably in Hark the Herald, sort of in a roundabout way. But have you ever thought about what it means? What it really means? Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. You know, at Christmas time, there's a tendency for us to dumb things down a bit, to sanitise things a bit. Think about the, the baby in the manger. You see, the, again, on the Christmas card, you see this picture of a little baby in a manger. It's all clean and there's light and the, the cattle are lowing and the baby awakes and all that sort of stuff. But was it really like that? And here we have angels appearing. The shepherds were scared. The shepherds were terrified. These, you know, you think about shepherds. These are the working class of the day. They were used to hard conditions. It didn't matter if it was raining. Like the road workers, uh, the oh, it's raining, or take the day off. If you're a road worker here, I'm sorry. Um, you know, they didn't have that opportunity. The sheep still needed stuff doing, whatever it was that they did. But, you know, um, these were hardened men. And they were, the Bible says they were terrified. Suddenly these angels appeared and proclaimed, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. When you think about that, the angels are coming and they're declaring, this is going to be different. Something's changing. There's something significant about to happen on the earth. And it involves us. It involves peace. And it involves goodwill. This was a game changer, and I'd like to explore those two phrases, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Let's start with goodwill towards men. The OCD here will love that, that I'm starting with the second part, but anyway. So there is a choice here. If we turn towards God, we can partake in his goodwill towards us. You know, if you look at what was happening on the earth in the lead up to this and the interaction between God and the earth, you could easily think that God's goodwill wasn't towards men because God was often viewed in a light as a judge back in, in the older days. God was here and the angels were here saying, this is about, things are about to change. You're about to perceive God in a different light. It wasn't that God was changing, just our view of him was about to change because God was about to do something amazing to enable us to see him in a different light and to see that his goodwill is towards us. You know, goodwill towards men. But it's our choice. James 4 verse 8 says this, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you're double-minded. There's good news here this morning. If you want to know God's goodwill towards you, you can make a choice and you can step into his goodwill towards you. Who believes that this morning? We can step into God's goodwill. And the angels were here declaring this, that, that God's goodwill has always been and is, is always available to us. And we were about to uh, see that in a totally different light. I mentioned the shepherds were afraid and the message version 
um, spells it out fairly clearly. Um, you know, Steve covered being afraid last week. And, you know, in many um, parts of the Old Testament, we see examples where people were afraid. But now you've got the angels coming saying, here comes, here comes um, peace and goodwill towards men, and there's a baby in a manger. It says in, in Luke verses, uh, chapter 2 to 11, two, verse 11, sorry. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a saviour, who is Christ the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. So suddenly these shepherds who were initially terrified, and the angel goes on and says, you know, here's a baby lying in a manger. And I think, you know, if that was me, I'd think, oh, a baby, yeah, I could do that. You know, I'm like angels in heaven and they're de- declaring this stuff and they're massive and, oh, oh wow. Oh, oh. But then, oh, a baby in a manger, yeah, I could check that out. Suddenly God was going to be a, seem to be a lot more approachable. A baby in a manger, yeah, I could, I could definitely do that. You see, there was a shift happening. It's not that God was changing, because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's just that this one event was going to change our view of, of who God is. So my first point today is God is approachable. Let's have a look back in the Old Testament. And uh, the scripture's coming up, and it says this. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. When the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. Here's an example of this perception of God, that God is scary and God is unapproachable. And, you know, you imagine seeing that, the smoke on the mountain and trembling and this awesome, awesome view. No wonder they were scared. But what's interesting is this. Moses wasn't scared. Moses was willing to go on behalf of the people and approach this God. Why? I believe Moses had taken the time to get to know God and to understand that God is an approachable God. And he made that choice. If you think about that, if you, if you understand who God is and you see God and the, God's on the mountain, there's smoke and there's trembling and there's all this awesome stuff happening, and you think, that is my friend doing that, that's a very different perspective. If suddenly you realise that this is someone that, that I'm on side with, I'm in the good books with this guy, this is, this is my God doing this. If you didn't understand that, of course you'd be afraid. You imagine that if it was a different God doing that, if suddenly you know, a false God rose up and somehow did that. Yeah, that would be scary. But Moses understood that... He didn't have to be afraid of this God, that he could approach God um, because he'd made that decision. And see, what was happening here was God was making it so that we could see more clearly how approachable he is. And he came as a baby. He came in humility. The people stood afar off, but Moses drew near. That's our choice today. If you're here for the first time or if, if you're exploring this, uh, this thing we call Christianity, if you're exploring church, if you're exploring God, then you can make a choice today to understand God, 
that he's not here to judge, he's not here to condemn, quite the opposite. He's, he's here to come alongside us and help us with our lives. And Moses made that choice. My first and second point is that God is for us. And this is all wrapped up in this goodwill towards men. It's a classic verse in Romans 8.28. And I cannot say this verse without thinking of a famous Christian television ad. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Anyone remember the ad I'm talking about? Yep, three of you. Uh, That's good. I'm going to have to sing it for you. You ready? It was, it was an ad of these, uh, it was like a barbershop quartet. I don't know why they call it a quartet, but anyway. Is that four? Four? Yep, that's why. Um, <laughs> switched on today. Anyway, these four guys, and they're dressed up in the bow tie and stuff, and they had their hats on. Yep, he's got it over there, remembering it. And they sung this verse. All things work together for good for them that love the Lord. Like that. That deserves a little clap, don't you think? (laughs) And uh, I wasn't even a Christian when that ad was on, but I still remember it. Romans 8 goes on a couple of verses later in 8.31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? No wonder Moses wasn't scared. No wonder Moses was willing to climb that mountain when the rest of Israel were... Definitely not willing. Because he understood that that, the smoke on the mountain, that smoke is for us. The strength of God is for us. The might of God is for us. His mighty hand is for us. And the angels are here to declare goodwill towards men. How exciting. Hopefully it's less of a Christmas card greeting to you now. What an amazing promise. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. We don't need to be afraid of God anymore. And if you're here for the first time and exploring, that's a, that's a word for you today. Don't be afraid of the things of God. Explore the things of God. Embrace the things of God. And they're not that scary. They're quite exhilarating, actually. That God's goodwill can be towards us. My, first, my third point, I said that the second time as well. My third point, God has a plan for us. Many of us will know the scripture, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. You know, you see the first point that I made, that God is approachable. We can approach God. That God is for us. As we approach this God and we reach out to God, we understand that he is for us, not against us. And if he's for us, who can be against us? And thirdly, he has a plan for us. But it's up to us. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. We come to our God. We we come to our approachable God. We understand that he's for us and we feel his, his joy and his peace and his prosperity towards us. And then he... He unfolds his plan for us. There's something in that, the approachability of God. And it's up to us to, to, to make the most of that. In 2 Corinthians 2.14 it says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Always leads us in triumph. How many of you used the word triumph in a sentence recently? <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I haven't. Triumph, it's, it's a word we don't sort of use much anymore. But what a word. How did you go today? Well, we triumphed. Unlike my uh, sporting career at the moment, we triumphed. There's not much triumph going on at the moment. Is there, Aaron? <laughs> we play indoor cricket together and we're going through a rough patch. <laughs> we'll get there, though, because God is for us. So the other teams can't be against us. <laughs> it's funny, we had this period where we'd lost lots of games in a row and because of the way they run the roster, they uh, split us up in divisions and we ended up in Division C, which was okay, out of three divisions. And uh, they said, oh, good news, there's only four teams in the division, that means you all get to play finals. <laughs> Beautiful, we're in the semis. Bang, we win the semi. We're in the final. Bang, we win the final. Out of 12 games, we won two, and it was the two that counted. <laughs> we all ended up with medals around our neck. So we got the team photo. We used that photo on our Facebook page to attract new members. Sorry to those of you that have fallen for that one. But we'll be back because... Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Amazing. So there you have it. God's goodwill is towards us. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Let's, un- let's explore the first part of that verse now. Peace on earth. Peace. It's an interesting concept. I remember a time, it was about 2007, going through a pretty rough patch. Um, I was leaving a a church which was a bit of a complicated situation and I was sort of in the midst of this um, not great church situation and unfortunately there's still strained relationships from that period and I was right in the thick of it. So I was pretty stressed. At the same time I was extracting myself from a, from a business and going in a new, a new path uh, professionally. I just remember feeling, you know, quite stressed. And I was uh, lucky enough to get this great gig every Tuesday with a, a company I started to work for. My job, get this, was to jump in a rental car, drive to Cradle Mountain, had a set of bottles in the car, I'd go into the chateau there, I'd turn on a tap, fill the bottles up with water, put them back in the car, have a free lunch, and drive back again. That was my Tuesday. How sweet is that, Paul? That was what, and they needed me to do it because I was the closest one, believe it or not, driving from Launceston, and it needed to be an environmental scientist, which I am. So I got this cool gig. But I remember coming out of this period and being so stressed. It was July. And uh, the one thing that I found that would bring me peace was, Brad's going to love this, Christmas carols. (laughs) So here I am, middle of July, Christmas carols blaring, driving through the windy roads, having a great time, restoring what I thought was peace. But is that really peace or is that relaxation or 
or is it temporary peace? Interesting concept. I'd just like to explore what you do to find peace. So as you think on that, just in the, in the congregation today, I'm just going to have a couple of mics going around. And uh, I just want to hear from you what you do to relax. Another thing that I do to relax is watch cricket. Who loves cricket? Who hates cricket? The hates have it. <laughs> uh, it's, it wasn't a biased uh, sample. It was a biased sample. So, um, I love watching cricket and that, that relaxes me. I lay on the couch. You'd watch cricket, wouldn't you? Yeah, you're into it. Lay on the couch, watch cricket. It's the sound of summer for me. But let's, let's hear from you what you do to relax. Have we got any takers here this morning? What do you find relaxing in your life? Got one down there. I cook. Yes. I cook things. Oh, I like that. Royce eats things, so that's a... <laughs> we'll exchange numbers later. <laughs> we know, I know her number. I know. I've, I've, I know her husband's number as well. Um, she's a great cook. Who's ever had Christy Misdom's cooking? Oh, yeah. I'm glad you find that relaxing. Anybody else? Uh, well, hey. I can kick in. I like to play sport. That you like to play sport? Yeah, yeah, it's good. That relaxes you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in a way. <laughs> Sometimes. Anybody else over here? I make uh, Christmas cards and birthday mm. cards. Cool. So we can get a Christmas card, we can get some food. Watch Cameron playing sport. I do gardening and reading. Gardening and reading? You need to come to my place. <laughs> Not for the reading, by the way. I take my wife for a three day break to Scamander and I oh, catch yeah. Big Brim in the Scamander River. Hey. That sounds fun. Ruthie down the front. We're not doing much relaxing over this side, Royce. <laughs> <laughs> They're very relaxed. super stressed. Come on. I think you're relaxing. You don't have to run around. <laughs> I like to go to a beach mm. and have everything set up, like have a little beach chair and a nice mm. towel and mm. the hat and the umbrella and the book and the lip gloss so you're not <laughs> getting burnt and the sunscreen. Yeah. And I love to watch Paul look after the boys in yeah. the water. Yeah, <laughs> So, Paul, do you find that relaxing, looking after the boys? So that's a, an ideal, idealistic view, is it? Like, it's, he does, yeah. Right, good. <laughs> um, for One me, more, a couple more. I'm here, Royce. Yep, hello, Oliver. <laughs> um, for me, every Wednesday, I, like you, uh, I don't just drive and fill our bottles, but every Wednesday I, I go up the East Coast for work and mm. I start usually start in St Mary's and work my way all down to Swansea mm. and that, that just relaxed me with music and driving along the coast and seeing the ocean, that, that relaxes me. Yeah, that's great. I downloaded, uh, when I discovered iTunes, I thought, you can buy songs now without, yeah, even old songs. I downloaded all my favourites from the 80s. If you saw my playlist, you would think different of me. I'll tell you what. One more. Who likes, who's over here? Oh, oh over there. And then here. <laughs> Just here, Craig. 
I didn't think this would be relaxing, but my son sleeping on my chest, ah. and then also a tug of war rope between my toes with the dog pulling that, and then, and then trying to play guitar with one hand is pretty <laughs> relaxing. <laughs> That's awesome. Last one. Yeah, if I'm feeling stressed or whatever, busy, hard day at work or something, nothing for me is more relaxing than just jump on my motorbike and yeah. go for a casual cruise on a nice country road somewhere. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. So, as you can see, there's quite a variety of things we like doing to relax. And, uh, you know, my thing at the time was uh, Christmas carols. But relaxing is very different to peace. And the peace that this verse talks about, I'm convinced, is very different. In Philippians 4 verse 7, it says this, The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When I was reading that, I, I wanted to know what came. You know, you, you look up verses now on your, on your Bible app and you don't always get to see it in context. So I clicked the button that showed the whole chapter. The verse before that, Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That's the key to true peace. It's not about everything's going right or I need to escape my circumstances at the moment by listening to Christmas carols. True peace comes when we lay our, our situations down before God and we let his peace, which surpasses our understanding, give us that true peace. The angels were coming and saying that the true peace of God is accessible to you. It was a reminder. You can have peace despite your circumstances. Very important distinction there. Despite our circumstances. I was doing my 20 minutes in the chair one time, which was actually 20 minutes next to the toaster. <laughs> Still 20 minutes. It counts. I burnt a bit of toast that morning. Um, anyway, I was reading um, in the Bible app, there's this, these plans that you can do, and I'm reading this plan about business. And... This particular day, 12th of November, um, talked about stewardship. And this businessman, his CFO came to him and said, uh, I've got some bad news, you need to find $350,000 in two weeks or we're going to be you know, in real, real strife. And this businessman did something very interesting. He just said, oh yeah, okay. He took that information and he took that to the rightful owner of the business give you a clue, it was God, and said, God, we've got a problem. We need to find $350,000 in two weeks. And he laid that out in prayer and supplication before his God. Long story short, 175000 came in one week and the other half came in the following week and it was all good. But you imagine how different that two weeks might have been if he hadn't being able to see that he was just a steward of the business and the real owner was God and that it was God's responsibility. Amazing story. So you see, when the angels came and talked about peace, they weren't talking about relaxation. They weren't talking about, you know, getting away from your problems. They were talking about having this underlying peace that helps us through any situation, whether it be good or bad. That's the type of peace that I want to know.
That's the type of peace that, that I would like to know in my life all the time. That peace that surpasses anything I can think. Um, I'm, a, I'm an engineer, believe it or not. You think I'm too cool to be an engineer, don't you? <laughs> Why is that funny? Um, I'm an engineer and I used to work in a consulting engineer and um, we, uh, we often had um, pictures on the wall of cool projects that we'd finished. You see it in architects' offices, you know, the picture of the, the finished building and it always looks great. And, you know, we can, we can always show the best side of us through a window. One of the projects I got to be account manager for was uh, Launceston Airport. We've got a picture to show. Is it up there? Good. And uh, we worked on this project and I was the one who coordinated the bid. I didn't do any of the work on it. I just coordinated the bid, which is kind of the story of my life. But um, we, won the, we won the job. And we had a certain amount of money to do it and we had to redesign basically the long-term car park and the entry point and some of the civil and the excess. Has anyone noticed how different it is? Yeah. That, no, it was somebody else working for me. <laughs> anyway, you go out there and it, whether you like it or not is irrelevant. Uh, but <laughs> I was talking to an, another taxi driver last night and I always ask and I've stopped asking now. So you like the new? No, I don't. <laughs> anyway, it looks good. Jono, it does look good, doesn't it? Very nice finish, well laid out and so on. But when I see that picture, I just think, what a nightmare that project was. We had this one designer on the job, and it was sort of, um, they gave him a chance. They said, oh, we've got this guy, we'll put him on it. Nobody else is available, but he'll be great. And he did all the design work, and unfortunately, nothing he did was useful. And the whole fee was spent. So we had, we'd spent our fee, and... Uh, we had nothing to show for it. So we had to get another team in and redesign it and we weren't able to charge the client for it. And, you know, when I, when I look at the, the, the final product and you see it on the wall and you, everyone goes, oh, that's a great job. You think, yeah, it is. <laughs> but you know behind it there's this cost, this price that was paid, this heartache, this sleepless nights. I didn't have that many sleepless nights, but, you know, a bit, of, a bit of a price was paid. And that's what I want to finish on as we lead into communion, that behind this peace, this peace and this goodwill that we can all share in, there was one who paid the price for it. His name is Jesus. And what a privilege that we can enter into this peace we can enjoy God's will towards us because he died on a cross for us. He paid the price. So I want you to, as you go through this Christmas season, I'd love it if you enjoy peace in your lives. Enjoy God's will towards you. And even if things don't go your way this Christmas, even if you, know, you might be lonely or you might not have the best turkey roast on the day or you mightn't have abundance of presents or gifts the one thing you do have access to is God's peace if you choose but let's remember that that, pre that peace came at a price
price paid for us. He became poor so that we might be rich. It's a great thing to remember. Yeah, we're about to take some juice and a biscuit. And that represents the price that he paid. That he, he became poor that we might be rich. He died that we might live. God sent his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And we can remember that now as we take communion. If you, again, if you are exploring Christianity or, or church life or what this is all about, I'd love it if you'd come and speak to me or one of the senior um, elders and the staff here after the, after the message. We'd love to talk with you more. You might even be wanting to go further and make a decision or, um, you know, explore further this thing called Christianity and this saviour called Jesus who gave up so much for us but we're just going to take the juice and the, the bread which represents his body and his blood which was poured out for us we're going to remember those three things we do have peace available to us God's goodwill is for us his goodwill towards men but that it came at a price amen so let's just pray. Father, we just thank you that you sent your son for us, your only begotten son, to die in our place, that we could partake in this peace and in your goodwill, and that we can proclaim that if God is for us, who can be against us? So amazing. But Father, we don't, we don't forget the price that, it, that you paid and that your son paid for us. We accept it gratefully in Jesus' name. Amen.